Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the No Words Barred Podcast. This is episode number 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. If you remember Sesame Street, then you know that song. But yes, this is episode number 12. Oh, man. Uh, we, we we reached the dozen. Um, Chris Mack, yeah. man. This is... Uh, this is pretty exciting, man. It's been a lot of stuff going on uh, in the sports world, music world too, personal lives, like a lot of shit going on. But so much, so much has happened uh, yes. within the last few weeks since we last spoke. Right. Um. All right. Some good shit. Some bad shit. Yeah. Some crazy shit. Some awesome shit. Even up to this day. So you know, it's it's just been a been a hell of a ride, and um, looking forward to trying to tackle as much as we can at this moment. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Um, you know, but it's one of those things where we pointed out as fall comes along, the weather gets a little bit cooler. Trying to get a little cooler um, it hasn't necessarily been that way, at least over here in Richmond, uh, in Virginia. Um, probably it's the same way over there for you near, you know, uh, and stuff it, like it, that. It's, 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 going, it's in the high 70s now. Um, oh, oh, front, oh. front just came in. Um, we're getting nothing but rain for the next couple of days, so we're going to just have weather that's going to be in the high seventies. It's low as fifty nine degrees now, so it, it's 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 getting uh it, it's uh, winter's probably going to come early. For us. Oh man, man, yeah. it's going to be the coldest winter. Well, not the coldest winter, but um, you know, it, it's going to be a more milder winter winter with you know global warming and stuff like that. But speaking of warming up and and, and stuff getting a little bit or heating up. Um, as we know, fall comes along. NFL season finally started. Um, we were treated to a, a couple of great games. Well, actually, it was more than a couple of great games. It was it was quite a few notable ones. But you know, um, of course, the the the, the first game, the you know, Bucks against oh, the, the, yeah yeah against the Cowboys. I know, I know, man. <sighs> I know you may not want me to speak about it, but you gotta admit that was a great game. It was, it was, I mean, I, I caught the second half of it, but I was thoroughly That's impressed. Fine. Thoroughly impressed with how Dallas looked offensively. And they're only going to look as good as that if Dak Prescott is throwing the ball that well. Um, man, he, he hasn't missed a step uh, since his injury. And, you know, it's pretty obvious that, you know, he was largely missed last season. And, um, and there's still holes to f- holes in our defense, and we could have came out with the victory uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't for I, I really w- I solidified the game that being lost during, because of that third quarter interception uh, that wasn't really some Dak's fault at all. It just bounced off the chest of CD Lamb and <laughs> went into the, the Buccaneers secondary like it was nothing, and then they scored two plays later, and that was the game right there. Yeah. Like yeah. he, you know, they came back, they they pushed Tampa to the limit, but you know, you you can't give Tom Brady one minute, you know, in any facet, you know, no matter if it's the first quarter or the fourth quarter, because he's going to drive down the field and they're going to score to win. And that's what happened. You know, it was pretty much a game of inches there. Um but I, I'm pretty proud of how um Dallas I was impressed. More not more so proper impressed. Hopefully they can build off of that momentum and try to get a W this um, upcoming weekend. But, uh, yeah, it, it was just one of those losses that, you know, I, I can't be upset about, you know. 
one of the glaring things that I that I took out from there. I mean, yes, I, and I've been telling people a lot with regard to Dallas and why you know, yeah, Dallas uh, they'll they'll win the division. I mean, I I feel like in the end they're going to wind up winning the division. They have um, the better team, I guess, on paper um, out of all the teams in NFC East, but. Um, I, I, I gotta say though, I feel a certain type of way or not type of way, but I'm a little, I would be a little bit concerned regarding Zeke. Um, I mean, he really didn't have a lot of touches to begin with Mm. a lot of, a lot of carries. Um, I I was concerned of him for two years now. Oh, Um, oh, two years. Oh, so you've been concerned. I I watched him live against the Dolphins two seasons ago, pre-pandemic. And yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's just, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's injury or, or if, you know, he got that payday and, you know, he's just decided to just rest on his laurels, but yeah, he hasn't really been the same player. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty strange to see the whole, the whole running back situation has always been a weird thing too, because it's always still been by committee, even with Elliot being like our number one choice. Uh, but. I'm just like I'm pretty much sealed in of trying to watch what it's going to look like for Dallas now because I, I'm not really that focused on the NFL season, but yeah, I, I will be focused more on like what Dallas is doing. Yeah, as long as you know, and until they completely shit the bed, and it's just not worth talking about them anymore. Right, um, but yeah, Ezekiel has always been you know he's been a question mark for a while now, and uh, yeah, this is just should be the show and prove year. Especially if Dak is going to be healthy and he can stick around for the entire season. Yeah. Like, there's just no excuse this year. No, 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 not excuse. I mean, like I said before, man, like, it really, the division is really y'all to lose. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, but I don't know if I would be fine or comfortable with, with Dak, you know, throwing 50, 60, you know, you know, pass attempts per, you know, every game. I don't know how sustainable that's going to be. Um, until, you know, before defenses and stuff like it, you know, obviously on the scouting reports, I'm like, all right, well, we see Dallas is not really trying to utilize Zeke like that. Um, you know, uh, let, let, and we see that Dak is really the person that's the main, um, facilitator of the offense like that. And they're not really as balanced as you would think that they would be. Um, and the defenses catch on to it and, and they, they're going to find a way to get to him. Um, but of course, the really as always with with the NFL, and I really feel like specifically with the NFC East, and I don't know why, it always comes down to the offensive linemen, and it's just and the injuries. Like it's like nobody could really stay healthy, and maybe it's just me, and, and it could be one of those things that happen really in, in almost every team that happen in, in the NFL. But you know, obviously, my my attention is more, you know bias towards the nfc east so that's what i'm going to a lot of times base my stuff off of um but it's just alarming to me that the rate of these offensive linemen how easily they get hurt and depending on what type of quarterback that you have or whatever system that that is being ran on offense you know that goes a long short you know that goes a long way in determining obviously whether you're going to make the playoffs or not and then obviously that affects the quarterback and what they were able to do a lot of variables that play into it. And the only reason why I said this is because, I mean, I can kind of relate to it with, with us with Daniel Jones. 
which we got slaughtered by mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater, the person that I remember years ago, I had made a very big, I was a very big advocate of us getting Teddy Bridgewater when he was still with the Saints. And specifically with the trade that we had made uh, when we had traded uh, Eli Apple to the Saints. And I remember at that time, I can't remember if that was, I don't know if that was Daniel Jones's first year or if that was Eli Manning's last year. I can't remember exactly. Um, But I think it was probably like Eli's last year. And I was like, yo, like Eli clearly was in decline and all this other stuff. Like, yo, we need to get somebody. We need a mobile quarterback. I've always been a big advocate of that for the system, our system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even when we had Beckham, you know, like, yo, like we need a mobile quarterback. And, you know, powers that be didn't think that it was necessary. They're dumbasses. And Teddy Bridgewater, I felt at the time, was the ideal guy that – that we possibly needed in order for us to actually unlock a different level of our, on our offense and for him to come now, now he's with Denver and for him, for us to face him and he, he did his fucking job. I give him props for that. Um, yeah, you know, I wasn't surprised at all. I, and, and it's crazy to sound like I wasn't mad either. It was like, you know what? We deserve that shit. We got what was coming for us. And then there was some times that they could have stopped Denver, you know, on a third and fourth down, and they couldn't stop them. The secondary fucking collapsed, and they didn't do their job. Um, I mean, I know our defense is good, but damn it, man. Like, we we need to do fucking better and tighten up, you know. But, you know, it, it, it's whatever. It is what it is. And, you know, Daniel Jones has some faults, as always. He, he was, you know, on, on offense. Um, didn't help out. Um which is a make or break year for him. But, uh, you know, looking forward to, I think, the game tomorrow against Washington, which I don't know if you saw or heard about. Football team. Yeah, yeah, the football team. They're probably going to be the Red Wolves next year. But mm. at least that's what I'm predicting. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. They, they do Thursday games predominantly now. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I, oh, it's no, no longer a one-off thing. So, yeah, nah. this should be um, – that should be interesting. Definitely. And I do don't they know. Still, do they still do alternate kits for Thursdays um, like they used to with those rush uniforms? They they may do that on certain games, but a lot, <laughs> I think a lot of times they do that like towards, you know, probably like a month from now or something like that, like towards November, oh, maybe okay. December. I don't know. Like they're kind of weird with that shit. <laughs> um, but I, as I was about to say, like, uh, I don't know if you heard or saw. Did you know that there was a uh, uh, sewage problem over at FedEx Stadium at the game? Uh, uh, it, 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 apparently, that was um, it was a it was a water pipe that bust. It wasn't sewage, really. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a water pipe that bust, which is still wild to have it like you know built somewhere <laughs> near the seating of the uh, of the uh, of the stadium because uh, that, yeah, folks folks claimed that it was sewage, but. When I saw the video, it didn't look like sewage at all. And Listen, if it was, why the fuck are you still standing there? You know, when it's blasting open. I'm I'm going to take the fans' words. Um, I'm I'm a I'm gonna take the take them at you know the <laughs> at their word for that. If they said it was sewage, I'm going to say that it's sewage. It's kind of a metaphor there that <laughs> Washington and 
and and and sewage pouring onto the fans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Washington's drizzling shits. We know, <laughs> <laughs> right? And and as far as your statement, as far as like, wow, that's crazy. Like they would have something like that, you know, and it happens to the fans, you know, in that stadium. Coming from a person, my hockey team, coming from where we our arena before we went through renovations, where we literally had asbestos like flying through the fucking you know arena, and like we had a water. It was, anytime that it rained in certain sections, it was always like a the, the water would just come in from the ceiling and fall. Listen, I get it. I understand. That's why I used to, for the, for the longest, often compared my Islanders team to the, I want to say the Redskins. Well, the form that the team formerly known as the Redskins, you know, <laughs> their, their, their arena and, and fan base and all that other struggle and management struggles, uh, very relatable in so many ways, but. Uh, that's yeah. If there was ever a, a a visual of how these Washington fans, this the shit that they've had to deal with <laughs> all these years, that would be it right there, man. Or being pissed on by management. You know, either way, either way you want to put it out, it's unfortunate for them. But you know, like uh, it, it's it sucks. It's sad, you know. But they're 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 dedicated fans. They're gonna. They're going to, you know, fight for old DC. Um, but uh, the other game I also want to touch on, um, the, the, the Monday night game. Um, <laughs> listen, man, that that was between Baltimore and, and, and the Raiders. Hey, oh, man. man. Uh, I was, didn't watch the game at all, but it looked like it was a banger. It was ridiculous. Like the end, It's just like the second half, from the second half onwards, was just ridiculous, but more specifically that, that fourth quarter and, and that overtime, <laughs> that was Baltimore, Baltimore shit to bed, right? If, I, if they, I'm not mistaken, they, I believe they, they, they did. Yes, it. yes, yeah, they had a the game, they had it in their hands. Uh, actually, it didn't. Well, it was a mutual thing because the Raiders had it in their hands too. Really, all they had to do was go for the field goal, but you know. They didn't want to go for the damn field goal. They want to go for the touchdown. Then they throw an interception, and obviously. You know, Lamar Jackson comes down. Then he gets a fumble. Like it was just, it was just madness, madness, really total madness. And I think the Vikings game too was also crazy that happened on Sunday. Um, they, I mean, I mean that um that Monday night game it did have some like buku ratings, bro, for sure. Oh, Monday night was a fun That's night. <laughs> Monday Monday night was a fun night. And it's not only because of the NFL that they didn't have the NFL had their ratings of sure, of course, and they had their moment. There was a great game, but it wasn't a monumental really moment. It wasn't a monumental moment as compared to what happened on Monday Night Raw. Monday oh, yeah. night, yeah, man. Hey, yo, yo! Shout out to WWE. They had like three dope shows back to back to back. From, you know, from SmackDown, your neck of the woods. I was jealous. I was jealous. I was in the city, and I—I I mean, I'm pretty sure if if I, I, I have an idea that they would have, uh, I I could have went to there, but I had another event that I was attending that night uh, on behalf of my father. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I didn't have to go to that, or if that happened earlier in the day and it didn't coincide at the same time that SmackDown was going on, 
I probably would have tried to have attempted to get a ticket for that. But then again, at the same time, this is New York we're talking about. So I think- Oh, it was bad expensive, bro. I'm glad some of my boys did go, but I'm like, them tickets are probably insane. Yeah, but I was looking on. I was looking more in the standpoint of proof of vaccination and all that other stuff, the COVID stuff. Um, a lot of arenas or, or in stadiums in New York, like you have to have either, you know, a, a test you know, a COVID test, you know, show that you got negative or, you know, a proof of vaccination. I left my vaccination card back home here in Richmond. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I could have, I, I, I guess. They need to start, you know, emailing that shit, have a PDF form for some of us, man. So, well, there yeah, is, hey. in a lot of cities in New York, there is an app, there is an app that people have, the New York residents for that, you know, when they get, the vaccination or COVID test, like they, they could get a, the proof of it is like in the form of an app. Um, I mean, and I think even something as simple, as small as, you know, taking a picture of the, your vaccination card too. Um, I, I would think that I would, I would hope that that would be uh, enough proof enough to show that you got it. But you know, that's, it varies by state. Um, and they probably have something like that in Virginia, but I, I just, I just haven't asked or inquired or checked on it because I have the vaccination thing in my car. I carry it with me there. And, you know, it's like it's much easier for me to walk to my car while I'm over here as compared to being in New York. I can't walk to my damn fucking car down here in Richmond. But it's all good, though. It's all right. But back to what you were saying. Yes, um, they had a great weekend of, of, of shows or, or day or a few days stretch of shows, as you were saying, with SmackDown being uh, being at the Mecca, uh, the unofficial home of WWE, Madison Square Garden, um, which, if you don't mind me a quick second, I just want to make a tangent on, mm-hmm. on this. Um, I showed you the picture, but anybody that knows me, and obviously I'm an avid wrestling fan, and I was one of those and living in New York during the heyday and the, the, like Lily, you know, during the Attitude Era and stuff like that and being born and raised over there. Um, many house shows um, happen there at, at MSG. And, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about those house shows that and, and the fans, like we always knew where the wrestlers, there was always a side entrance. I forgot which side of the street. I think it was like on 33rd Street. Um, mm-hmm. It was a side entrance that a lot of wrestlers, whatever they go, you know, they go inside. And I can I can roll I can roll off so many damn people I met Kurt Angle Mark Henry um, I, I I met Taz um, the, the the names go on and on and on but as I showed you in that picture the one thing that I I totally forgot and I thank my sister for this she has sent me a picture uh, the Hepner twins <laughs> like <laughs> it, it was just so random like it, I think I, I, I probably had to be like maybe I want to say. 13, 14, I guess, yeah, in the picture. Yeah, he was a teenager. But, man, the Hepner twins, man. like, that's so random. About, I can't I can't tell you how many times I ran into, I've seen and met and talked to Bob Backlund. Because uh, <laughs> he was, like, a normal, he was, like, a, a, a normal, regular person that would show up to every single WWF event uh, that happened at the Garden. Um, and I, he probably has, like, a, I don't know, Probably Vince McMahon gave him like free room. Like, listen, anytime I'm in the garden, just come in, just tell people you're Bob Backlund, just walk the fuck in, you know. But, uh, but yeah, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to go on a tangent there, everybody. It's just one of those <laughs> things that, that just came to my mind. So much great moments at MSG. So much great moments. But, uh, but yeah, that was a uh, – I, I didn't watch it live, but I saw the highlights um, uh, of the main stuff that happened that night. Um, that was a very eventful SmackDown episode. And action-packed, I mean, you had, you know, finally that interaction between – uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, and, and with Roman Reigns and, and um, the Usos, um, them trying to gang up on Brock Lesnar, and you know Brock Lesnar came up standing up tall while kind of exposing Paul Heyman for the fraud that he is. Even though Paul Heyman tried to butter him up by by giving his regular stick that he gives for Brock Lesnar. Um, shout out to uh, oh, and you'll like this too. Shout out to Trey Trey Young, man. Trey Young, listen, I was a fan of what yeah, he did. Yeah, that was awesome. I was a big fan anyway of what he did to the Knicks in the playoffs this past yeah. play postseason. But what he did, the fact that he came back into the garden and tried to choke out Rey Mysterio, I don't care what anybody tells me. I know he got kicked out. <laughs> it was great. Trey was Young. Awesome moment. Trey Young has a fan for life right now, all right? He's, he's an excellent celebrity heel, man. And I really, <laughs> I really, really hope I can be able to go to um, day one, mm-hmm. which is going to be the New Year's Day Atlanta pay-per-view for WWE. Right. Just because I know Trey is most likely going to be there. And he's going to get like a makeup pop. <laughs> and and, and that's, just, that's just going to be a huge event. Um. You know, but I, I I might like I might likely have some other plans happening, but I really want to go to that. Uh, it, the show was awesome. Brock was so over; like he is a huge, huge baby face right now. And <laughs> I really do love the I love the Heyman storyline of him uh, getting tucked in between you know the tribal chief and his loyalty to him, and with Brock, who pretty much bullies him around, but he cannot you know let him go at all. No, <laughs> but it's just like. And, and we don't. We, I, I don't think because from what I've hear, I don't think Brock is going to be at Crown Jewel, uh. So he's not going to do the Saudi show, which is surprising. Really, so that means the Roman match is not happening there, which makes his match with Finn, which we will get to a little later, uh, very interesting. Uh, going to Extreme Rules, uh, and that it, you know it makes me wonder how long they're going to stretch this out between Brock and Roman because. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's the Rumble, of course, and there's also WrestleMania, but we don't even know what's happening for WrestleMania yet. Well, so this is just a lot going on. I mean, like you said, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of touch on that later, but yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's a very interesting situation going on, especially after what happened on Monday, um, with uh, one of the the better. The happier moments that 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 I that I have seen in WWE in a while, um, and it's probably one of the happier moments since, ironically, his his compadre uh, Kofi, you know, when he had won the title at WrestleMania a couple of years ago, um, you know, Biggie, uh, him cashing in his Money in the Bank suitcase. Um, and, and beating the almighty Bobby Lashley, 
as the new WWE champion. Um, for me personally, I, I've I've always been a big fan of Big E, um, um, and I, I kind of and I, I said it the other day on Twitter. Um, I, I've been a fan of him since the days, the five count days for yeah. him, which I mean, it, it, that's when like Lily NXT was in its infancy when it was still technically FCW. Um, and obviously yeah, the yeah, only way yeah, that you could sure. watch it was, you know, either, you know, YouTube or whatever type of ways that you was able to watch it online or unless you was in Florida itself. I think I think they they had it on. I think they had it on Hulu. At the time. It probably was on Hulu. I, I think I it think, was. I think I you're think right. It was on Hulu at first at one point. Right. And it uh yeah it it, it was like primarily the, the developmental show which right. is, always has been, you know it just went through a phase that uh that you know they just stockpiled on a lot of independent guys and you know and it became like just this indie darling show. Which we also had a mix of guys that were still in development, which kind of hampered a lot of things and you know gave them a weird reputation. But we could also discuss that you know later on, right? Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, Biggie was one of those guys that he was a homegrown, you know, developmental star that blossomed into you know one of the most beloved and popular characters in all of WWE. Yeah. And now he, you know, he gets this moment here um, where he's, he doesn't, you know, because he, he was going to be backlogged, you know, in, on SmackDown behind Roman, yeah. behind Brock, and, you know, and, and potentially Finn at that point. It, it, it just wasn't going to be a good scenario for him there, you know, trying to, you know, put the title on him and cash in on that point. But going to Raw... You know, it's you know it's a it's a better dynamic because you know storyline wise, you know Bobby Lashley was was you know someone that he could cash in on and get revenge on for how he you know treated the New Day, you know how he treated Kofi and, and was and he also gets to reunite with his boys. He wins the title there, you know, with his boys there to watch them and they get to celebrate together, and it, it was just a pretty cool moment and um. And hopefully, you know, we can, uh, we, uh, at this point, we can see a good rain. I don't expect it to be a long rain, uh, but I expect it to be, you know, a rain that they could get, he could get some good title defenses out of it. You know, prob- hopefully, you know, he gets a match with Drew. Uh, and then he also faces Roman in the bloodline where there's no titles at stake, but well, you can still get that match. Right. You know, well, which is a big deal. Well, well, before before I get my opinion on, on the future of what this could lead to with his title ring, two things I want to say. I want to give you props for two things. Number one, I do recall in a conversation, I can't remember if it was on an episode or maybe it was, you know, um, you know, off the record, but I do remember you recall you saying predicting that um that that was going to be a possible or a like a very likely a solution or situation or result what was going to happen with Big E with that money in the bank uh, briefcase that they can use that as a way for him to reunite with New Day tag team, the other two guys, uh, you know, Kofi and Xavier Woods um, 
as kind of like a, you know, like a shortcut to reunite them. I think I re- I vividly recall you making that prediction. So kudos for you on that. Um, and you know, as far as the whole thing with Bobby Lashley, you know, like I I enjoyed his his reign, but I don't feel it's like I I I feel I, I enjoyed his reign. But at the same time, I'm not mourning that it's ended. Yeah. Um, he ran through everybody for the most part. But I think a lot of it was kind of contributed to the fact that out of nowhere, in typical WWE fashion, like I said, they have great ideas, but there's so many times where they wet the bed. Um, you know, break breaking up the hurt business. Because I really feel like there was a lot that could be done with that. But um, really, the second I mean, thing... It, it, it's it's likely that they could be reunited too. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's likely, and they kind of planted the seeds seeds on. Yeah, they 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 did plant that. the seeds on that with uh on Instagram and Twitter with uh MVP speaking right. with Sheldon Benjamin, a photo of that. So it, it's likely that they could bring them back together because uh now the number games are different. <laughs> you know, you know, Big East is champion, and you got the new day. So it's like it's it's likely that they could right or wrong in some ways. You know, getting them back into motion, or at least bringing Shelton back into the fold. I'm not too sure about Cedric, but bringing Shelton back into the fold, you still got you know the hurt business in tow. Um, Definitely, but, but yeah, but the but the bloodline, you know, scenario with the new day that that that's back on, and you, I will be surprised seeing Kofi and Woods winning the tag titles again. Uh, and uh, our. Fighting a way to win the tag titles off of RK Bro, and and then getting that situ- getting that done in time for um Survivor Series, which is yeah I know, but uh, uh, yeah Survivor Series in good old Brooklyn, and who knows what they expect from that? But I mean, that's, oh, that's so- just going to be just as big too. But it's oh, not, yeah. maybe not as big as MSG, but it's still New York City. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't, I don't doubt that. It's just the, the, the event and the, the, the. They're probably going to pull out all the stops for that for sure. Um, you know, it's, it just feels great at the fact that you know, for as much flack and and, and criticism and deserved criticism that WWE gets, you know, the fact that hey, you know, when we look at the big picture. We've had consecutive black WWE champions. It's the first time it actually happened at um that it a black the title has transitioned from a black champion to another. Yeah, yeah. And how ironic that it happened in Boston. And that was the funniest thing. Yeah. I thought I was like, you know, this is like the, the blackest moment that happened in Boston history. Right. <laughs> to me, it ain't it ain't Boston. It's Boston. You know. That's how that's how they speak over there, and you know, but uh, <laughs> but no, it, it's no, nah, it, it's it's it really is ironic that it happened in that city, but it's still a big city, nevertheless. And Boston kind of was like for for the for the for the ter- during the territory era, you know, for for WWF at the time, you know, Boston was like the the the, the two, it was like the one B or number two as far as their main market is concerned, you know, next to New York. Um, it had many memorable, and it's on the WWE Network too. You know, many events, the house shows that that they actually recorded. 
you know, um, over at the old Boston Garden. Um, so, you know, it has its it has its significance too, historically, you know, uh, the company with that city, you know, but uh, it, it, it's a great feel-good story. Love that it happened. I'm happy that it happened. And there is a lot of people from across other wrestling companies, organizations that that were very happy for Big E. And um, they, they sent out their congratulatory tweets, messages, and stuff. And I know a lot of people were kind of also saying, like, hey, shout out to Mick Foley. Looking, like, there was like, it was kind of like a, a, a split. You had people, and, and for Mick Foley, he kind of put in a whole rant on Facebook um, about WWE as in, it was almost like a retaliatory thing to the, the, the crazy weekend that AEW had, which we'll touch in a second. Um, but there were people like, oh, well, Mick Foley seems like a fool for criticizing WWE and telling them that they got an issue, they got a major problem going on, which he wasn't really lying, but, um, you know, and then you got but, the but other he side. Wasn't, was but like, he well, wasn't also completely right either. No, 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 no. It, it was like a the, the split reaction was warranted because it really depended how you want to look at it, whether you want to look at through a rose-colored lens if you're a WWE fan or a gold-colored lens if you look at it from, at, from an AEW fan standpoint um, or if you just happen to be one of those people like me and you like we're like we're in the middle. Like we can see both sides of it. Where yeah, you could be right, but at the same time, could be wrong, you know. But um, at the end of the day, I think it turned out to be perfectly fine. Um, I'm intri- I'm intrigued to see where this goes. So we'll see if you know some, uh, not some, some Survivor Series. What happens with that? If they actually do go with the New Day and the Bloodline, um, you know storyline. Where the hell does Brock Lesnar fit in all this stuff? Um, and then you always have, like, and, and we touched on it, and, and, you know, we don't know where they the, the company wants to, they want The Rock involved with him in, in Roman Reigns. Personally, I think yeah. you saved that for WrestleMania. I think we've touched on that months ago. We, we come to a mutual agreement that that is the WrestleMania money match right there. It doesn't need a title at all. Because honestly, as much as I love The Rock, I don't see I don't need to see him with another title. And you know, we don't need to see a repeat of years ago when he won it from CM Punk. Um, <laughs> you know, we don't need that. And I just don't know. There's just so many variables involved in this. And it's part exciting, part puzzling. But I think yeah. as a wrestling fan. And if if you are a WWE fan, that's what you want. You want you don't know what's going to happen next, as compared to the predictability of so much stuff. Um, you know, it, it's at least to my understanding, that's always been a criticism of the WWE is that they're so predictable. You already know what's going to happen next. Blah blah blah. In so many cases, that is that 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 turns out to be. But this is one of those instances where you know, like, hey, let's just see where this leads to. We don't know. It could turn out good. It could turn out bad. But we don't have no formative conclusion as of this moment where this could lead to 
I don't know. Wouldn't it be crazy though if it was like a somehow a a triple threat match or something like that, where because I know the draft is happening in October. Um, I don't know. What if they say like you know let's try to do something unprecedented, both titles on the line. You put Roman, you put Big E in there, and then you happen to put Brock Lesnar in there. I don't know what the stipulation would be. Does one person who wins they get uh, to be an undisputed champ? I don't know. But they, they've done that before, though. No. Yeah, no, they, they have. They, 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 they've done that with WrestleMania with Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I don't know. It's like, but it's just a different storyline, different circumstances, and then. Don't don't forget that the tie-in with Paul Heyman, his prediction of Big E. He, he Paul Heyman said, I remember on that Talking Smack episode months ago, where he gave a it was a great great promo, um, that he was kind of promoting Big E to step up and challenge Roman Reigns for the World Heavyweight Title. Um, but it just I mean don't forget that little part and their interactions. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's just going to lead to, you know, Roman and Big E at Survivor Series. You know, because yeah. that match, you know, people wanted that match. Like, they really want to see uh, E and Roman against each other or Roman challenging him for the Universal title. But it, it just didn't feel like, you know, it, it would have been, it would have been like the right moment for, for Big E at the time. Right. Now, him being WWE champion, <laughs> you know, on Raw, and, you know, he have his own, you know, lineage and, you know, um, reign to cover out, you know, it, it drops, you know, the issue of him challenging for the title and, and losing. And it, it also opens up the possibility of Roman taking an L against Biggie in a singles match. That's non-title. Right. And it still will be a huge match, you know. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how they go with that. Looking forward to see how... um you know they they work with this rain for for Big E because he has a lot of opportunity to uh really prove. I mean, he's going to surprise a lot of people. I really feel like he's going to be good enough to have uh some great matches down the line, and he has a lot of people on that Raw roster that he could work with. Right, you know, that are that are would you know you know not only make him look good, but to just be, look good in the process and have great matches with. So I'm I'm Definitely, definitely excited to see where this goes going forward. Definitely, man. I um, I'm all for it. I'm all for the ride. But let me ask you this though: in your honest opinion, Chris, do you feel that the Biggie win as great of a field goal as we love? You know, as much as we love to see this site and that the fact that they actually pulled this off. You know, even hours before he said, "Listen." I'm letting everybody know I'm cashing in tonight, you know. Um, and we we know how so many times people will say that, and then they try to, and then there's always some crazy weird stuff that happens that leads to them not cashing in, or maybe even um, uh, maybe even losing. Um, but do you feel that it was a retaliatory thing to Monday Night Football and or or and or to AEW? Um, with the way that they have been on in the past week and a half, AEW, hell no. Monday okay. Night Football, most certainly, of okay. course, because okay. Monday Night Football is Monday Night Raw's actual competition. 
Exactly. Like they always saw him going to uh try to book and stack shows because I saw the show. Not only it was just you know the Biggie announcement, it was a week in advance. Right. Uh, that they stacked this card up to the brim. Like right. they had Orton and Lashley for the WWE title. You also had uh, a, it wasn't. Pro- I don't think it was the first time ever, but it's still a rare matchup between Charlotte Flair and um Shayna Baszler. Uh, United States title open challenge, which ended up being Jeff Hardy, which was a pretty big deal. And, you know, they, they, they really stacked up the card heavily to try to compete with um, the, the Raiders-Ravens game. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it was definitely uh, more of a, you know, a thing to just draw in viewers, you know, to uh, get this going. But at the same time, like, Big E said that he was going to Raw. Like, he was going to be walking on SmackDown, walking on Raw just to c- commit the challenge. So, yeah. this, was go- this, was go- this was going to be in the cards regardless. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this is definitely, you know, for, for Monday Night Football, yeah, yeah, because, you know, they always try to um, build up their shows, at least during the NFL season, to try to compete against those games, certain right. games at least. Right, and it's the first Monday Night game of the season, too, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah they, and it's going to be like that, too, for um, NBA season as well. There's going to yeah. be certain matchups that, uh, uh, whether it's on like, uh, maybe on a Friday or a Monday, that. You know, there's going to be a big SmackDown or it's going to be a big Raw to compete against a certain game that's going to be happening. Right, right. I mean, I I agree with you that I think it was more so of a reactionary whatever thing towards Monday Night Football because historically the, the company's always been that way. Like, but I don't know. It's, also, it's, it's also so, so, sorry to um, interrupt your chat, but here's the thing, too. They know that they're going to get their ass beat in the ratings by, you know, NFL. Or yeah. the MLB, and we're in the playoff season. Or the NBA, like yeah. they, they still try to you know go and take risk and make it make it you know make it worthwhile. And they when they when they do lose because they often not they're going to get beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know they they just take it as an L and keep it moving. AEW on the other hand, when the NBA playoffs were happening <laughs> and it got moved yeah. from Wednesday to Thursday or sometimes Fridays for Dynamites. Because the playoffs were happening, they were trying to petition to move those NBA games off of TNT. Listen, that listen. shit is—it's not going to fucking happen, especially when the MLB playoffs are coming up. Chris, Chris, yeah. Here is a major disadvantage with AEW and their and the fact that they're using TNT and TBS or whatever as their main, um, you know, program the comp- whatever channel to program. You also got to understand, Chris. They're facing a lot. They're going to come come next month, especially starting next month. They're going to have to face. They're going to have to move their shit around the NBA. They're going to have to move their mm-hmm. shit around Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. and they're also going to have to move their shit around NHL now, since the NHL yeah. is now moved to ESPN and Turner Sports. So you have three other major sports. Major sports in, in in North America. Major that that you have to. I I don't know. I don't how the time. Something is going to have to. Something's going to have to give now. Possibly with the NHL, you can work around the fact that all right. A lot of people are going to probably watch more towards winter time, spring leading up into the playoffs. Um. 
NBA is always going to be the NBA. T- NBA on TNT. Like that's you're not gonna you're you're not gonna move NBA on uh, the NBA on TNT for shit. That's not going to happen at all. Like is I don't care what I don't care anything about AEW. Even if AEW decided to just so happen to be as popular as WWE or even or, or even just or they're more popular than them, they're not going to move anything NBA related for shit. Like that's just how it's going to have to be. Um Major League Baseball you can kind of get away with because essentially MLB playoffs you know, on, like, say, on TNT, really, it's more so on TBS, but they're still a turn, they're still Turner, Turner Sports, um, so I'm intrigued to see how that works out, but that only, you know, you're only talking about the month of October, and that's it, you know, baseball, except for, you know, that one 20 years ago, 9-11, you know, that baseball was played in November, but normally, that stuff is, that Fox has that shit. With, with the World Series and or, or ESPN with the you know whatever is the, the ALCS and NLCS, but at the end of the day, next month is going to be very very interesting for AEW and their program and schedule. So I don't know, I don't know how that's going to work out, but I just want to make sure, I just want to point that out, man, that it ain't going to be peachy for them ratings wise at least for the people that care so much still to this day about whose, you know, show got the higher ratings than the other. Like, that shit is just... uh, That's a a fact. Because, actually, speaking of ratings, like, the Nielsen shit is pretty much dead at this point. Really? Uh, Because, yeah, um, uh, like, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a report that... um, I think NBC Universal, like the heads of NBC Universal, they were like, they they're not really treating Nielsen ratings as much of a metric anymore. Like no. it's it's not really a big deal because now you got YouTube views, yeah, you got a lot of social media views, you know, clicks and spikes coming up from there. Those metrics are changing the game right now. Everything you is know, streaming too. Yeah, everything's getting streamed. So it's like that. So. As far as ratings go, it's that's not much of a big deal anymore. They don't matter in the grand scheme of things. You know, as long as you have content, as long as you have content, that's all that matters. And that's what you know most folks are forgetting. You know, not not like are not really you know understanding. Like WWE, like they're a company that focuses heavily on content. You know, right. wrestling is just a major part of their you know uh, of their um business, but. It's not the only thing, and it, no. they don't want it to be the only thing. No, like they they, they focus on like reality TV documentaries, uh, having a large wrestling library for hardcore fans, you know, to visit and look into, uh, and and just in music and movies and films and all of that, and they they, they try to com- compile that and put it into one big hub that they could sell for profit, and they have that right now with NBC Universal and Peacock. Right, right. You know, give it away the network, and now it it, it it just that's how that's how they make their money. But even before then, Chris, you got to think yeah. about it. It's been twenty years since WWF brought out WCW. It's been twenty years, man. Twenty, twenty years. Like they when that happened, they didn't have to care. They didn't have to care about that rating shit anymore, man. You know, it's like they, they haven't. <clears throat> 
WWF, WWE, they haven't gave a shit about ratings in 20 years. Yeah, they, and, they really did. You know, and they always relied on the fact that they knew that at the end of the day, they had a grapple hold on for, for the most part, the industry. But as far as, like you said, content, reality shows. Remember, Tough Enough, when that first started with, on MTV, you know, like that yeah, was, man. You, know, you know, when they first ventured into that, into that realm, you know, it, it's, this is nothing new. Like this, that was they a game changer. Right. It's been gradually building up since then. And for people to be shocked that, you know, not, not unless your name is Chris Jericho, because Chris Jericho apparently is the only person that really cares that damn much about ratings that he needs to make it be known every fucking week. But that 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 guy, I love Jericho, but he's a fucking tool. But um, but yeah, like it's it's nothing new to people that really been paying attention to how the product has evolved over the years. But for better you know, or worse, for be- right, right. However, and this will perfect segue. AEW, for all their credit, I will say this. They they've got that. They they've they understand that. They've got a great ear on that. And they've been trying, especially like with the young bucks, you know, and, and the and the elite, you know, all, all that stuff that's going on with them. Like they've been doing that for the longest young bucks anyway. But once they latched on or signed on to AEW, you know, and to have that, um, to, to bring that on with them, um, uh, you know, they understand too, like content rules the world these days um everything is you know short-term attention you got to catch your attention right there and then and you know that's that's the perfect avenue and perfect channel for for them and, and, and aew as a whole is i'm the more I, I think about it from the, the from the start even to now even though it hasn't really been a long trajectory since they started to now um big picture wise but they they understand it. They've they've been doing a great job with it. I mean, obviously doing their sh- they have their show, a weekly show on, that you can watch on YouTube also. So, you know, I get it. Like they're they're very smart with it. I mean, but you have to adapt with that's the way the times are now these days anyway. But um uh, but to, to to segue, like I said, into AEW um as a whole, um uh, they WWE wasn't the only one that had a big week. Or, or, or big week and a half, AEW had a monstrous, uh, I want to say past week and a half, two weeks, um, with so many new debuts and surprises. And, oh, man. Um, th- let me ask you this, Chris, before I give my opinion on it. What has been the most pleasant debut or surprise from AEW in the past two weeks to you? Uh, none, really. <laughs> I mean, other than Punk, um, it's just really, it was just it's just CM Punk returning uh, to wrestling ring for the first time in about seven years. Uh, and, you know, be able to, like, you know, embrace the adulation from the fans and, you know, get into the ring once again. And, Look okay against Darby Allen. He look, he looks solid. You know, it was a pretty solid, ma- you know, good match as I would say, at all out. 
But uh, Danielson, you know, that was expected. I, I knew he was going to come in. Uh, Adam Cole was more or less disappointing that he um, decided to uh, leave before so? hitting the main. Yes, yes, it was. It was a disappointment. Like it was. It was just a huge disappointment. But the reasons behind it is is just as ridiculous. But. But uh, but uh, I, you know, if he wants to go and be with his friends, you know, yeah, I, I can't fault him for that. You can't fault him for just wanting to go and do that. But he's he, like, I don't think he's going to be able to reach the heights that he potentially could have done if he would have stayed and went to the main roster. Um, yeah, because, yeah. You know, like all we know is his, his peak in NXT, and yeah. we won't know how much further he could have been uh, if he would have tried at least try to make something of himself, improve how much of a commodity he could have been on the highest stage. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're looking at him now. He's, uh, you know, he, you know, I'll, I'll let it play out, but right, right. it's just a flucky on the elite. You know, he's number four behind, you know, Kenny and the Young Bucks. And, and at this point, he's not even looked at as like a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I, me personally, <laughs> like I knew about his whole contract status and and you know that stuff, and I I heard a rumor about what they, what they intended on him to be as far as main roster character wise, um, which they said it was like a manager, but I don't I don't believe that shit, um. I don't know if they had actual plans for Adam Cole on the main roster or like, I don't, or I I don't know if it was one of those things that they really didn't know how to, or had any idea how to utilize him. Or maybe he felt that he wanted more control of his character maybe. And they wasn't willing to budge with that. And he's like, Oh, whatever. You know, he wanted to play his video games, bro. He wanted (laughs) to keep his Twitch stream. That was the main uh, reason why he did one, that he uh, left. So, because, so the, you know, so the yeah. Trinidad route. Okay, gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and um, and it, it apparently, you know, that that would have that would have caused issues if he was um trying to you know remain you know streaming. Uh, they didn't have to like let that happen for everyone else too. You know, that would have opened up a whole can of worms and. You know that that was probably one of the deal breakers. Uh, but if you you know are a professional, you know, and you want to be the best, you know, in your industry, uh-huh. you will be willing to make sacrifices and compromises for the time being. You know, until you're able to get into a position where you're you can do what you want to do. And well, Cole didn't decide. You know, he didn't want to do that, so you know, he's just gonna go and hang out with his buddies and. And see what happens from there. But honestly, with these new additions, it it does give AEW a sense of uh, you know, having some seriousness. But they're still levels like miles away from even still competing with the E. Yeah, yeah, and 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 and, and the fact of the matter is, like these guys have to be at the top right now. Like even if you try to like put them in certain situations. No, like motherfucking Danielson should be competing for the title. Yeah, like CM Punk 
it, you know, as much as I don't want him in the title picture, he's the biggest star that this company has right now. Right. And they don't, and they, at this moment, it looks like he's just going to tear through much of the um, lower ranks of the roster, which isn't going to look good, really. You know, you can say that folks are getting the rub off of this, but it would have been better if Darby Allen would have beat Punk at all out as opposed to just losing to him. Yeah. Because now yeah. we got him facing fucking Sean Spears, of all people. And that shit ain't cool. You know, and now he looks like he's going to run through Team Tess, and first that of all, ain't cool either. First of all, first of all, I want to make one thing clear. Anybody that knows, I I am a I am a big avid Taz fan. Um, I've always been since his ECW days. I don't know. There's just something about Taz's character that I always loved. Not to mention, like he he claimed he's from Red Hook, where my mother, my mother's side of the family, my grandmother. Um, where they 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 were raised their whole almost you know their whole adulthood. Um, so you know, I remember this one time. Short story, started to to t- go on a tangent. One time, Chris, MSG show. I think it was like about I can't remember if it was two thousand. It was two thousand and one. It was early two thousand and one. It was a house show, one of the, the MSG house shows leading up to WrestleMania seventeen. And waiting outside, it was me, my mother, my, my my aunt, and my cousin. And I can't remember if my sister was around. But that was normally the, the, the normal crew that we all went to the to the events with. Um, waiting outside the entrance where the superstars, they enter in. Here comes Taz walking out, uh, walking towards the entrance. And he doesn't just walk from his car. like He's just, just casually walking. My mother and my aunt, they have a conversation with him. Albeit a short one, so they asked him, right? They you know, asked, like, so, uh, so you say you're from Red Hook? And he's like, yeah. So my mother asks, so what part of Red Hook, Red Hook you're from in Brooklyn? And Taz's reaction, like, I'm dead ass serious. And this was his reaction. He's like, oh, I'm from there. That was his only reaction. That was, that was his answer. He's like, oh, I'm from there. Like, nothing specifics other than that. My mother, <laughs> my, side note, my mother and my sister, not my sister, my mother and my aunt. They thought he was bullshit and he was he was a phony for that shit. But anyway, besides the point, <laughs> besides the point. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I personally have always been a, ta- uh, a a Taz fan since his ECW days, and I loved it when he came to WWE and all that other shit. Um, but me, there is a small part of me that feels a little bit excited. At, I I know you you have your opinion with the whole. Him, CM Punk running through the whole Taz faction and stuff like that, but I've always been enamored by, um, by, by by Taz and his wrestling style and the intensity that he always came with, with his matches. And um, I mean, obviously, it could be argued that you know everybody likes to put Tommy Dreamer or, or or Sabu or Rob Van Dam as far as the real face of ECW, but it, there could be an art compelling argument that could be made too, um, you know, about Taz being the the real face or if you want to say paul Heyman was really the real face out of all of that but um for me to see punk um in his interaction with you know taz and his faction me personally as as just as a uh a, a wrestling fan just enjoying a sports entertainment fan whatever i mean i i i enjoy it i like it i like hey, it. Hey, I, hey taz I like came it. off like an idiot though 
Yeah, because yeah. you know, Punk was running off all these names and then Taz said, Hey, I heard she was talking about Team Taz. You gotta keep your mouth in mouth. And he didn't say shit about them <laughs> during the show. He I probably know. like, you know, you know, talked about them during like an interview or something like that. But right. he was like, Punk was like, I didn't say anything about you guys. <laughs> making, making Taz look like an idiot. But I'll give the whole Punk process. This. But I'll give Punk this though. The one part of that promo that when he had spoke to Taz. Is and I think um I forgot what's his name that that it was Hobbs and I forgot the other guy that was that's that's normally with Taz and uh, Hook his son yeah 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 Hook <laughs> and <laughs> Taz is at the commentary table and um Punk was like oh yeah you know he's talking to shit and he was and then he quoted Taz's infamous quote. And I think this is what really made me so much of a Taz fan because I, I felt like it was such a badass quote. Beat me. Beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. I don't know why. For me, the first time I ever heard Taz say that, I was like, you know what? Granted, at the time, I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I fucks with this guy. Like I I I love yeah, that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that um that alley is real hard though. It like, is. Uh, it I, is. I like that. And the fuck the world champion. Come on, man. If anybody on Twitter, I literally have that in my bio right now. FTW champion. I I really do. I had that on there. I don't know why. I I thought that was the greatest shit ever as a kid, and it always stuck with me. But that's just the mark in me, I guess, if you want to classify that. But but yeah, always been a t- fan of Taz. Glad to see that happen. Um, the interactions with him and Punk. I mean, I, I agree with what you said. Like, it's, you know, it's uh, it's whatever. It's not going to move the needle on anything. But it's me and me as a fan of, and I'm a fan of Punk too, to see that. I don't know. I, I, I love the shit. I love the interaction. I love to see when people, that my favorite characters, whatever, and they interact, that they never interacted before, obviously, because they never really crossed paths, yeah. different time periods over in the E. But uh, to see this happen to AEW is, is uh, to me, it's pretty neat. I mean, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a mark stream. Uh, I'm doing all this <laughs> stuff uh, there with AEW, especially with like you know, just the interactions with not just you know with Taz and Punk, but recreating old interactions like with uh, Sting and Tully Blanchard. Yeah. <laughs> right now, yeah. like they they have Darby Allen feuding against the Pinnacle, and that's. I, I I don't know if that's leading to like Darby and MJF down the line, but I'll, it's just it's a whole lot of weird shit that happens here. But it's just high budget indie, high it budget is. money mark indie for you know fans that just want 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 to see shit booked the way they want it booked, which is not always good. But no, you know no, that's what they no. want to do. You know they you know go and enjoy it. You know because that's the product that they want to see and. You know, in the end, it, it makes it makes them happy in the long run, but it really does nothing for me. You know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, right. I've seen this shit before. I, I mean, think, it, <laughs> I, I think what it is that they're thinking now, and I didn't mean to. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, bro. Um, but I think what it good. is is that they they realize too that the attention span of the average wrestling fan or sports entertainment fan. I mean, it coincides with how everything is with social media and, and just society in general. Um, it, it, they're only catering to the short-term attention span shit 
that apparently has turned into the norm and the way the world is today. So in a sense, it's like, yeah, like it's kind of, it kind of like orders down or kind of fucks up the product in the end. If you're looking at it from a long-term perspective um, or big picture perspective, but I could see, I could understand why they catered more to the fans that, especially in AEW's case, you know, that they want to see these indie matches or whatever, or, or dream matches that they always want to see. Um, and they want, you know, uh, they, they, they want to appease the fans. And that's, and that's cool. Cause at the end of the day, you know, with these companies, that's all that comes, that's all that really matters in the end is to appease the fans and make them happy. Um, but you know, with, but with them, you know, it, it's, I, I I can't I can't really be mad at how they may look at how they book their matches, storylines, whatever the case may be, as far as to coincide with, with the wants and needs of the fans at that exact moment. Does it always mean that it's great for the business, as you say? No. Um, but, you know, the way the world is now today and the industry is today. Everything is all about instant gratification and, and, and instant results, and we want this, this, and this. And, I, and we touched up on it a couple of episodes ago when we had like basically our whole rant episode on the, the, the internet wrestling community. Um, but it, I, I get it and I understand. It. And you know, listen, man, if it works out for them and they're making a profit off of them, profit off of that that method. Then hey, you know what? Kudos. I will, you know, clap my hands and you know thank them for for recognizing that and good job and shit. But um, I mean, obviously it's to each its own. But I I don't blame them. I don't blame them at the end of the day because you know as long as they get the money and the profit at the end, that's all that matters to them, man. That's the end game, the money. Yeah, man. Nothing like some good old Wednesday night cracker fights. <laughs> if anything, you know, right. the main alternative that I got going on is just watching Ring of Honor again, which I got back into that not too long ago. And, man, it's still good. Like, it still is really good. Like, uh, it may not have a lot of the names that, you know, that folks fawn over, uh, like, you know, in the peak indie years, but. There's still a bunch of like really good talent that you know that people could like watch and check out. You know, like the Briscoes are still very good as a tag team. Briscoes, wow, they're still yeah, yes, totally they are lifers there, man. They are absolute lifers man. in Ring of Honor. You know, for you know more 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 reasons than than the other, but you know they are still solid. Uh, Man. You know, the Bandito, it, like, they, they have a real, like, we, we talk about WWE and, you know, how they have a, a huge focus on diversity and the, the talent at the top of the guard, you know, being largely either black or brown. Right. Uh, but, but you know, Ring of Honor has been doing that for well over a decade. They have. Uh, as, of, as of late. And um, they, they have a huge focus on luchadors and, um, and a lot of, like, great, like, black technical wrestlers as well. Uh, with uh, Jonathan Gresham, you know, of course, you know, Jay Lethal, you know, he's been a, a huge fixture oh, there man, as well. Man. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. But, but Bandito, Roosh, Dragon Lee, uh, they are, they're, like, they're amazing. Flamita and Ray Horace is great. 
And now they have a women's division that has probably been settled with um that they're building around two young 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 talented ladies, you know, Roxy and um Miranda Alice. Well, they had a match um on Death Board Sonder this past weekend, which was which was really the match of the night. It was the best match I saw on that show. Uh, between those two and Roxy, she's like what, 18, 19? Mm-hmm. She's like really young. And she became the um their inaugural world champion for um the women's division. And she uh she is like I said, she's young, but she's very talented. Uh you can play a really good baby face. Uh I I feel like um she should like hopefully she should stay there for the next two, like I would say three to four years, you know, becoming the face of that division. And then when it's time, you know, she should, uh Make the make the leap to one of the two big companies. Uh, I, I would prefer her going to WWE, uh, mm-hmm. but her, you know, she's pretty small. Like her assets, um, I would say they're they're relatively tiny, but they're good, right? And they, they have a lot of potential. Uh, so you know, hopefully, you know, they, they can spend some time there, um, uh, and and develop, you know, because there's there's a lot of really good talent there, um, and yeah, still a lot of good names that were pivotal to you know Ring of Honor's heyday. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, they, they, they do a good mix of bringing in, you know, established talent from elsewhere and building up new names that are guys that's yet to be developed. Yeah. Um. Before before I give my opinion on um on that on, on Ring of Honor, um, one last tidbit on AEW. I personally want to give a personal shout out and um to a friend of mine that I, that I've known for years. Um, Sahara seven, listen, um, I've, I've known her for, for like years, for years and years ago. Um, when she went to VCU, but, um, she is a, she, I, I'm, I'm very happy that she's found a home at AEW. She has worked in the indie scenes for years. Um, she has done some shows, not necessarily, maybe not in Richmond, but in surrounding areas. Um, I've I've watched her work. Whoa, um, so, so Sahara's from from the Richmond area. She well, I I don't I, listen. I'm not gonna say I don't think she's from Richmond, but I remember I've the first time I met her is uh, she went to VCU. Um, oh, okay. So she is, well, it's her song. Yeah, yeah, she is a VCU uh, uh, a graduate, and. Um, uh, it, it's been, I remember even back then, like I found out the first time I found out that she was like a big wrestling fan. And, um, and when she started wrestling, like I said, a lot of times she, she, she started off, like I said, she started off from, you know, from the Indies, like she paid her dues. She, she paid her dues everywhere. Um, and I remember she was, she even showed up on the, um, I think on the NWA show that there, there was a, a, a couple of weeks ago or something like that. And one of I know one of her, one of her uh, I guess uh, best friends and adversaries, or uh, that's also an AEW, uh, Nyla Rose. Um, they're they're pretty tight. Um, but I just I just want to give my shout out to her because I'm as a person that that has known her for 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 all these years, and I remember where she started her journey. Um, and to see where she's at now, it is a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that girl and to see that she's, um, you know, making an impact on, you know, wrestling. And, and I really, I've been hoping for the best. I know she tried out one time for, you know, WWE, I think. Um, and I could be wrong, but I, I could have swore that was the case that she tried out. 
one time, and I don't, I don't think she was obviously wasn't chosen, but um, the fact that AEW picked her up and, and saw what she can offer, um, it's been pretty good. I've I watched a couple of her matches that she's had in AEW so far, and um, you know, I, I like I said, I wish and hope the best for her. Sky's the limit for her, and um, I'll be waiting for her match against. Uh, jade Cardhill, so <laughs> yeah you know yeah. <laughs> you know something <laughs> the jade brand so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting i'm waiting to see that but um but yeah i i wanted to um i wanted to give that little shout out to her uh with her about that um but but back to ring of honor um like i really am shocked and surprised man that the briscoe brothers man like i remember there was a time where it was just Really, to be honest, you and, and and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there a time where everybody like they were like the young bucks before the young bucks? Like yeah, everybody yeah, was man. expecting them to jump jump into you know WWE or whatever you know, or, or at that time I guess TNA. Um, you know, one of those companies because like they were like one of the hottest tickets and you know out there. And I've seen some For of their sure. matches, and I've, I've loved some of their matches. They they are they're workhorses. Um, but I you know, but it's crazy because for the longest time, you know, I like I for, I totally forgot about them. It's like I felt like they fell off the face of the earth to me. You know, I, I just stopped hearing about them a lot. Um, so I kind of assumed they stopped wrestling. Um, so the fact that they're still wrestling and they're still killing it. Uh, that's, that's awesome. And the fact that they've been able to avoid and, and, and I guess not succumb to the pressures of having to join a major wrestling company or organization, man, like you said, man, they're, they're lifers. That's, um, I'm, I'm impressed, man. I'm shocked and impressed, but at the same time, I'm amazed and happy though, that they, you know, they seem to be doing fine apparently. And they, they're loyalists. I I much respect to them. I mean, yeah, man, I, I'm pretty much happy with them too. As far as I I can tell, they're 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 still the the better tag team over the Young Bucks long term because like they, oh, yeah. they found ways to evolve themselves, even staying at one company after all this time. However, yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, they, they I felt like still to this day that they couldn't be, you know. It would be great to see him in a bigger spotlight now, you know, right. because of so much that they had to offer. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. man, it was just that one one weird homophobic rant that mm. Jay did uh, like mm. almost a decade ago. That wow. I pretty much closed the walls on that. Uh, uh, so uh. yeah, I won't, it wasn't much, much of a rant, but it was just one tweet that it was just like, nah. They were like, nah, we ain't, we ain't fucking with them. And it, I think that they kind of, I won't say it blackballed them, but it did close their doors. Uh, for Damn. for the time being, but it's likely that they it did open up like it probably opened up like probably four four or five years ago, opened back up around that time. But they just chose to just stick with Warhol and they became you know the ambassadors of that company. Wow! After a while, and now you know they're they're still doing well. Uh, yeah, well, you know, just they're they're working almost all the time. Uh, and. You know they're 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 in a pretty good role. I'm pretty sure they're they're they're, they're well off right now, um, financially. But yeah, man, I really you know part of me really wishes that you know they they would get an opportunity to uh, 
you know, sh- you know, showcase itself on a bigger spotlight, whether it would have been, you know, on AEW, because honestly, you know, AEW desperately needs a team like the Briscoes mm-hmm. and or, you know, or WWE, because, you know, they would be great there, too. You know, but, you know, they're, they're both are getting up there in age. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, the, the clock is ticking. Yeah. So if they really want to make their decision within the next year or so, that would be it. But I think they're comfortable where they're at. Probably so. And I think that if they were to jump to any organization, like you said, AEW is a perfect, op- like, it's a perfect option for them. Like, they, they're, you know, you always, veteran tag teams like that, you know, you, you always want those type of guys you know, they've been so many years in, in, you know, in the industry that, you know, they can actually become, you know, like mentors or teachers or anything like that, or in, in WWE, WWE lingo, uh, agents. Um, but you know what? I, I May I offer a alternative? Now, as far as WWE is concerned, like, no, I don't think they would even, you know, touch like the big brands. But I can see, I could have saw for a while like you said if you said that their window had opened like things opened back up five years ago like man like i could have seen them into like like an nxt you know being a one of those type of guys like a tomaso champa you know like we know he's never going to go to the main roster and that's most and that and a lot from and it's a lot of it is out of personal choice but it's just one of those he's just one of those guys and the Briscoe brothers are one of those guys that, you know, they're just reliable hands on yeah, in the ring. Definitely. You know, they're they are what you classify as quote unquote ring generals. Um, for sure. And for some and especially if you're really trying to build up a tag team division, which I think with this NXT two point rebrand, um, you know, how how their how their vision is and they want to bring in younger guys and you know, re- and establish something new and fresh, which seems to be the case that they they on a good start based off of the first episode last night. Hey, As you a- know what's funny before before, before we um, uh, um digress and continue on with NXT. You know what's uh-huh. funny that most of all these indie guys are you know guys that you know that made their name themselves in Ring of Honor and PWG and whatnot. They've been wrestling for over twenty years. Yeah, man. Twenty yeah. plus years. And it's crazy to think it think of it like that because I'm like, folks, folks will still look at them as as, as new or the it thing. But I'm like, you know, these dudes been around forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they like they're they're they're, they're the current guys of yesteryear that we know of, and yet they're, they're just still they're just still him in a way, still you know still working, still having great matches. But it's it's phenomenal. Like Finn Balor's fucking forty, right. Which, right. <laughs> which blows my mind. Right. You know, like, and even before they did this rebranding with NXT, like, if you really think about a lot of these guys that's been, you know, I mean, even if you even want to put Samoa Joe into that category, like, Samoa Joe been wrestling for a long fucking time. And, <laughs> and the fact that he was just... You know, obviously, before that, before last night, or whatever, a couple of days ago, that he was NXT champion. That's just one of those things that you just don't, you know, you don't just push to the side. And, and, and as with the network, and, and I'm pretty sure you've seen with the WWE network, how um, you know sometimes they'll put up matches that were, you know, you know that happened 
I guess somewhere in the developmental, whatever the case may be, um, you know, or when like people like Taker or, 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 or Kane, whatever they came down to, or, you know, developmental and stuff like that. And guys like Samojo and AJ Styles or, or even Daniel Bryan, you know, these guys, they had their, you know, quick one second time in, 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 in developmental before they went to the Indies, before getting that recognition and coming back to the E as a more established wrestler. Um, you know, these guys, like, you look at the date times of this, like, a lot of this stuff was happening 2000, 2001, 2002. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, what? Like, these guys have been here, been wrestling that long? And, you know, and when you really think of it in the perspective, like, when they really finally, quote, unquote, made it big, like, that's wild. That's wild how so many years in the industry they've been before they even got to that level. And, you know, and obviously to the casual WWE fan, they're thinking this person's like some, oh, some newbie guy. Like, no, this person's been wrestling for eons, what it feels like. Uh, so it's it's amazing. It's amazing. But I, I really do feel like for the Briscoes, if they really had their moment, if they really wanted to jump onto something, they would have jumped onto something like a, 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 a NXT. Um but I don't know. Maybe somewhere down the line, they we we hear a press, we see a press release that from WWE saying like, yeah, so we've, you know, we've we've signed um, Briscoe Brothers or whatever the case is, and they're agents now for tag team division. I don't know. You know, some that that, 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 that would be fucking hard though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, like yeah. That, that would be hard. You're you know, right. They, you know, once they once they once they wrap up their careers, they do end up going to WWE as agents. Right. You know. Right. One of the guys that I always remember that I like as far as that's an agent now. And he was, I feel like he was kind of underrated and people, and I think it's because of just the timing of him. Norman Smiley, right? Norman Smiley yeah. was, uh, he's a very dependable, he was a very good wrestler in WCW. Um, I know they branded him, they, they made him a character, kind of like a comedy guy, but. But he was awesome in that role. He was. He was very awesome. He was a very he was a very good wrestler, and now that he's Cosmic an agent, professional. yes, definitely Cosmic professional. Like he gets so much praise. Like you hear all the talent that come out of NXT or do the developmental stages. They talk about how great Norman Smiley was as right. a teacher for them, right? And how much that he's helped them and shaped their career going forward. Like he is. Just tremendous, and yes, he—he's a dude that always should get his flowers, no matter what. Definitely, definitely. Just like how everybody gives Fit Finley his flowers, you know, with how he's handled with the women's division, you know, over the years and stuff like that. Like, honestly, Norman Smiley, like you said, he—he deserves the flowers um, on, on his end because I really feel like it was just one of the, you know, it was one of those things, Chris, that it's just the. It's not a matter of the fact that you didn't, you wasn't a great wrestler, or you know, or or decent wrestler, but it also comes down to timing too, you know. So it's unfortunate that his timing came uh, when obviously WWF was like at its peak and WCW was at the decline, you know. Uh, but it's guys like that, those veteran guys, um, you know, you want you want them to see, you want them to get their credit. The, that they deserve, whether it's in the ring or outside the ring, but it, it's 
those guys, those are the guys that 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 really make the product as you know great or you know when when stuff is going great as it is. Um, so kudos to them, man. Like that's just man, that's 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 insane. It really is insane, man. Um, how those guys will stick around, but it really is, man. Ho- hopefully, like I said, hopefully in the end, um, everything works out. But two things we want to touch on. I know we kind of run a little bit late with this episode. Two things we want to touch on quick. Um, first thing, NXT 2.0. What is your, I well, what is your feeling about it, and where do you see where this could lead to? Well, I liked it. Um, you know, for its rebrand, uh, they really wanted to go back to where it really was supposed to be. And it's that NXT is a developmental brand to prepare and train the superstars of tomorrow. And and for that, they have a, a, a litany of young athletes that they have signed for, for quite some time that, kind of need to be on TV. You know, they Mm -hmm. have to be put into these positions to prepare them for the main roster because a lot of the guys that they had for this time period, you know, they were already, you know, like we just spoke aforementionally, like they were already well-traveled veterans, Mm -hmm. you know, of the independent scene uh, as of the Adam Coles and, you know, the Kevin Owens and Tommaso Ciampa's Pete Dunn's they, you know, they're, they're already ready made and they're, Listed and ready to go into the main roster, and for a time before AEW, NXT pivoted from the developmental to much of like this indie darling uh, hub that you know hardcore fans be able to watch and gravitate, and you know the you know and, and enjoy having those shows that were just full of the wrestling and you know the you know the long action pack matches. That you know that they 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 love to have that you know that most of the main roster wasn't providing for them. Mm-hmm. Now with AEW, they don't really have to do that shit anymore. You know, it's good to have guys like that. You know that they can still you know you know rely on to help elevate you know these upcoming talent, you know, upcoming um got workers coming in. But you know, it's not their priority to you know really you know appease you know, you know, a certain sect of fans where, you know, their goal is to try to attract everyone, mm-hmm. you know, every casual viewer or viewer available. And, you know, that's the direction that they're looking to go to. And also they're reverting back to focusing on, you know, recruiting and hiring, you know, folks with, Collegiate backgrounds, athletic mm-hmm. backgrounds that are, you know, outside of just professional wrestling. Sorry. That, you know, that they're that know how to perform in high pressure situations and um uh, in front of live audiences, in front of crowds, and that could be coached and learned and taught, you know, the WWE style, you know, or how to perform how to work, how to perform, how to wrestle. Or mm-hmm. and and, and learn to take their cues from you know some of the some of the you know some of the most elite trainers in the world you know right, let's right. keep this right like you know WWE's you know platelet of staff is phenomenal mm-hmm. and they're able to do that with you know the talent that they have and it's not like they're signing you know 
folks that are off the street. Like I said, these are bona fide athletes. And some of these athletes are also second, third generation, you know, wrestlers. Right. You know, they like, you know, for example, Braun Breaker, who is, you know, who is the son of Rick Steiner mm-hmm. and nephew of Scott Steiner. So yeah. he he is part of the Steiner family. He looks like Steiner. <laughs> he looks like Rick. He looks like he talks like Scott. He right. is a Steiner. He looks right. like him to the T. And you know, he works and have the move set just like him. And you know, and folks are getting, you know, upset with like the name change and you know, not him, you know, being, you know, they're they're adding references to his, you know, Steiner family, mm-hmm. but they're not using the Steiner name. But you know, no one knows that it probably could be, you know, it probably wasn't his, um, it probably wasn't WWE's decision not to change the name. It probably was his decision to change the name. People never take that into account that maybe he wanted to break apart from that, from that name. Or, you know, his family, too, wanted him to, you know, build a legacy outside of that name. Because, you know, how heavy WWE gets with trademark and shit. Oh, of course. And, you know, that shit gets crazy, you know. It's likely that, you know, Rick and Scott probably didn't want him to, uh, you know, use that name in order for him to trademark the name. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, because, you, know, you know, for for, for Braun or Bronson, uh, he he's still using his first name, you know what I mean, in this whole thing. You know, the, it's, it's very likely that the Steiner name could come to him when he gets to a certain point in his career, mm-hmm. you know, and, but he has a lot of potential. I like him. Uh, I really like uh, Trick Williams with Carmelo Hayes. Like, Trick Williams, he immediately reminded me of someone that you knew growing up. <laughs> you know, that homeboy that will be down for down to ride for whatever, that will get into some shit, start some shit, and leave you with a mess to clean up. <laughs> like, that, that's what Trick Williams is, and I loved it. I, I fucking loved it, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what he could do. He's still a little green. He was pretty shaky with his promo, but the 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 quotables that he had were great. Like him saying about it, about it, that that actually lit me up. I loved it. You know, it, it, that really got me going. Um, you know, they they did they, 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 they did bring in a lot of new faces, uh, especially with um Von Wagner replacing Kyle O'Reilly in the world title match. A lot of folks didn't like that. I, I kind of didn't like it either. I really don't. But he's also another second generation wrestler. Uh, he's the son of um, uh, Wayne Bloom, who wrestled as um, Bo Beverly yep, in WCW. Yep. The Beverly yeah, Brothers. And, yes, the Beverly, uh, the Brothers. Beverly Brothers. With, uh, with, 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 um, Mike Enos. with Mike Enos, right? Yeah, yes. Mike Enos. Yes. And, but he also played football in Central Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, that they, they, like WWE is focused on getting um, a mix of collegiate athletes who play football, ran track, did gymnastics, Olympic level athletes such as Gable Stevenson, mm-hmm. who recently signed with them not too long ago. Right. And and you know, they want they want folks with accolades, people that be like, yo, this person was on this, they did this, which is nothing new because we've seen this, you know, growing up. Watching WCW and WWF back in the day of certain wrestlers that we see, like Ron Simmons, what's the best example? Like every time I see to watch him wrestle, whether it was in WCW or in WWE, Jim Ross would talk about how he went to Florida State, collegiate always, athlete. Always, you know, always. <laughs> like he, like Jim Ross, Jim Ross loved that shit. And yes. I know he, I know deep down 
he's kind of upset. And you can't really use those type of terminologies and references in AEW uh-huh. because uh-huh. AEW don't have a lot of shit like that. Uh-huh. They don't have it's like it's cool to have right. muscles up niggas. Yeah. Like it's cool to have muscles up larger than life dudes. I remember on the roster that 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 could look like they could really beat ass. Right. Like it's okay to have that. It is okay to learn and and have them learn the ropes and work and become larger than life superstars and become great wrestlers because. A lot of them started out that way. Well, Jim Ross like, is one of those type of old school guys. Anyway, that he's a rest, he is a wrestling, like typical wrestling fan. Anyway, because he always talks so much about Danny Hodge and you know Luthez and those type of guys. Anyway, um, and I always remember it's funny that you mentioned how um, how he always used to gush over Ron Simmons. Um, like he was the same way with Shelton Benjamin. Like I remember with Shelton Benjamin. Like him, he always like no matter what, he always gushed over his athleticism and everything that he did. Yeah, man, um, triple yeah. triple. What's he was he was triple sport athlete in University of Minnesota, ran right. track, right? Played football, wrestled. That's like, it. I, I, like really, I like I gush over those accolades too. That shit is cool. Right. Like right. Sean Benjamin, that him, he inspired me to run track and wrestle in high school. Hmm. When I hear those athletes, those type of like hearing those. Hear those accolades, like it, it, it makes me go into the mindset, like I could do anything, right? Like, I could do all these sports and still find a way to get into professional wrestling. That's right. You know, that's because that's what that's what makes it cool. That's the avenue. I don't know why a lot of um, like you know the detractors of you know WWE in particular, like Fisted Man, when they, they they talk about how much of a body guy that he is. Well, yeah, he, he's a fucking body guy himself. Like yeah. he wants dudes to look like him. Yes, <laughs> because if he's going, because he can still beat their ass. That's it. And you know, I'm like, and there's nothing, and it's like I said, it's, it's it's cool to have like a good mix and a good dynamic of that, and you got that with um, NXT 2.0 now. The Creed brothers are awesome. Like Diamond Mine revamped himself, mm-hmm. uh, and, and now I, I just love everything that they're doing right now. Looking forward to seeing um. How how the Ivy chick work out too with um uh, when it when it's time for her to get an Ivy now I believe that's her name okay and when, how she do um but yeah it's 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 gonna be an interesting transitional period uh it, I feel like it will have some growing pains within the first two or three months but once the momentum gets rolling and yeah. some of these new names are starting to firmly establish themselves and get their you know after their feet gets wet and they're good to go. We're going to, you know, it's going to be going to be money train rolling again. Going to be the same old NXT like we knew before. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of this industry, pro wrestling industry anyway, because everything, it comes down into a cycle. It happen in cycles. That's just, that's that's just cycles. You know, there is, there is going to be, there is always going to be those points that is going to be a high point. It's going to be like, it's going to be like a hot molten lava hot point. Um, and then there's going to be that cool down period. Um, and there's going to be moments where the product is like you, like it, it is firing all cylinders and then there's completely stale. Right. Right. I mean, that's just the nature of the industry is nothing new. It's been going on for decades and it's going to continue to go that way too. Um, regardless, you know, even, and even long after Vince's, you know, here, you know, that's just the way how everything is going to go. Um, but 
you know, it's I, I look at it now. You know, the other day I had mentioned to somebody, uh, it's it's a good time in wrestling right now because, you know, you got, you know, you got NXT now NXT 2.0. You know, the the revamp of this and they're making it in making an importance on an influx of new, fresh young superstars. Um, you know, or trying to build them to superstars. Because um, that's how NXT, when it first started anyway, thus the 2.0. Um, you know, then you got WWE that's doing their own thing. You know, they 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 got their they got their main players that's they're firing on their own cylinders. You got obviously, you know, got Reigns doing his thing. Um, even Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Big E, you know, new day. Like you got those guys, they mm-hmm. doing their own thing. But then you even got AEW. You know, they their roster now, you know, regardless of what anybody may think, they have a very solid roster now um, with the addition of even people like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole and, and, and Ruby Rose. You know, those those people, you you always need those type of people because they bring that type of, you know, that star power to the organization. And then even if you look at even still with Impact and TNA. You know, you still got people like, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Gail Kim is still doing stuff, being involved. Mickey James is still out here doing stuff. Uh, uh, Nikki, Mickey James, uh, her husband, Mick, uh, uh, Aldis, you know, like he like there, yeah. there are people the out there. NWA. That, right. Mm-hmm. And it, right. You got people out there like it is a beautiful time to be a wrestling fan. And. Right now, I always say that the more options are always the better. Some people may look at it from a standpoint that, oh, you know, well, I only have there's only 24 hours in a day. My attention span is on. I can only focus on so many damn products, and that that may be true. But I feel like now you have so many options and so many directions that you can go in, and the this I mean, really, right now. Yes, it's not going to be. Comp- you can't compare it to when it was, you know, at its peak with the Attitude Era. You had WWF on on a sky high peak. You had WCW that was still, you know, relatively, you know, still on a high point, you know. And then you had the ECW, the bubbling of ECW underneath, and all this other stuff, uh, and, and other organizations that were at that time they were just starting. You know, getting and they're trying to build their own brand, which eventually turned out into a big brand of themselves. You know, it. it but I look at it right now as a resurgence of that, uh, and, and it's the options are plentiful. You got so much content out there now, especially with the innovation of social network and social media. I mean, you really there really is no excuse to say like, oh man, to say that that the the wrestling world in general is in a stagnant place that is not exciting at all you have different types of niche niches and and, and and all these types of stuff that you can get into whatever interests you the most and we ain't even touched the even the international you know what, what what's happening in the uk or maybe what's happening in new japan you know so you know you we're not even touching on those you know those places internationally so it, yeah. it, it's it's a lot going on, and I could get it. You know, you, your attention span could only go as far as it, as you allow it to go. But 
to say that right now that wrestling is like not it's like at a down point or or it's in a low point right now that would be a total complete lie many options out there and you know just got to enjoy the ride to see what happens and as we always know as wrestling fans um around this time of the year is when things really start to ramp up because everybody is trying to center their shit around the granddaddy of them all in late March, early April, WrestleMania. And that is not only just the granddaddy of WWE, but up to the whole wrestling world because everybody is trying to be on the A game because they know that if you mm-hmm. are in the same area as WrestleMania or whatever the case may be, that is like the most popular point to watch wrestling. The eyes are even mag- it's times a hundred at that time. And but everything normally starts around the fall time. And Survivor Series for WWE, that is normally their jumping now isn't or has really been their jumping point. It used to be Royal Rumble, but Survivor Series now is a lot of the jumping point. Um it's going to be interesting to see how everything turns out, how AEW responds to that, because marks or whatever, however you want to, or smarks, however you want to classify yourself as, everything is in react in reaction to what the organization other organizations is going on. Doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be an exact, you know, direct shot at the other organizations, but Everybody keeps an eye on each other. So yeah. um, this is going to be interesting how the the rest of the, you know, this last quarter of the year it's going to turn out. Um, it should be great. It should be exciting. It should be fun. Enjoy it for what it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, just always remember that we are fans. We are here to be entertained. And you can't. Don't don't take shit so fucking serious and be so too critical of everything. Um, but uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah it's, it's just pro wrestling, man. Right, right, right. <laughs> but um, but I mean, like I said, that's how I feel about everything. The product overall, the wrestling world, and um, you know, we'll see what happens how the rest of the year ends. But um, but on that note, we're going we're going to end it right there. Uh, Chris, man, if people want to try to connect with you on the social networks. What would be the best way for them to contact you, man, or, or connect with you? Uh, Twitter, uh, rappers or actors. You know, that's R A P P E R S capital R A T. Wait, fuck. You know what it is? It's rappers or actors. That's what it is. That's my Twitter handle. You can follow it um, there. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'll be on IG too, but you know, I, I don't post a lot anymore. You know, because the pandemic, it's, it's just not enough reason for me to like take photos. So, uh, yeah. So you can just yeah, catch me on Twitter. I mean, I, I talk shit from time to time, or or I just be chill, or I don't be tweeting at all. But it's definitely something you know. If you want to get in contact with me, well, you can just tweet me. You know, just follow me and tweet me there. Cool, cool, cool. And you know, I'm available Twitter mo m o e underscore b b e knowing. Well, you got to put an underscore after b and then knowing um, the word knowing without the g at the end. Um, Instagram Corona underscore mo. Don't ask me questions about why the hell is still Corona. 
I loved Corona the beer before this even this this whole coronavirus happened. So like I said, save yourself the question. That's the explanation right there. You can also find uh, we also have a Instagram page, No Words Bard Podcast, which is No Words Bard Cast. Um, that is our IG page. Um, any type of inquiries, questions, uh, requests, anything, feedback, it doesn't matter. We got an email. No words broadcast at gmail.com. Whatever it is, say whatever you need to tell us. You know, whether you like it, stuff you didn't like, doesn't matter. We want you guys to let us know what's going on. Um, I'm trying to think another way. Uh, also, before we get off, I want to say a shout out. And one day we got to get him on, man. Shout out to my man, Kane McCoy. Listen, that guy. Oh, man. Is, yes. Kane. <laughs> yes. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since I, minute since I chopped it up with them, he, bro. But yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Shout out to my man, Kane McCoy. He actually is, is a, as much as an avid wrestling fan as we are. I know he's doing his work over there in Cali in Los Angeles. I'm hoping one time, man, maybe in the next episode, I'm going to have to speak to him about it, that we could get him on here, man, and get his type of uh, – no, I mean, get his input – um, but yeah, uh, I, like I said, it's going to be interesting sports ramping back up by the time we do the next podcast, episode 13. Um, yeah, everything we, we it should be, it's going to be interesting what we find out by then, but, uh, until next time, everybody, please be safe. Uh, please mask yourself. Um, you know, don't like to get political, but don't be like Nicki Minaj, okay? So, <laughs> until the next time, y'all peace out, everybody. Be safe. All love. And, uh, yeah, be good out there. Peace out.